Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched two things technically this week. So DC had their big fan reveal event where they show a bunch of clips from movies and make a bunch of announcements. It's called DC Fandom. So we ended up talking a lot about what they revealed at DC Fandom. They cover the breadth of the DC universe, so not just on-screen stuff, but the main things we talked about were the Black Adam reveal, the new trailer for The Flash, the Blue Beetle announcement, and of course the trailer for the new Robert Pattinson Batman movie. So helpful to have seen all of those things. Can't really spoil a lot for those because we saw very limited things and there wasn't a lot to spoil. But the other thing we watched this week is called What Happened, Brittany Murphy? It's a docu-series, and I put that in quotes, on HBO Max. So there are spoiler alerts for that, but I'm actually going to do something a little different. I'm going to warn you up front that there is really not a lot in that documentary that is not available from essentially just reading a Wikipedia page on it. So if you don't want to necessarily support the documentary, and you'll hear why we might feel that's the way you should go in the discussion, then you can at least catch up by just doing a quick perusal of What Happened to actual Brittany Murphy instead of watching What Happened Brittany Murphy. Now, without further ado, here's We're Watching What? To kick things off, DC had their big ol' fandom again, which sounds like it's going to be an annual event type thing, and they had a kajillion announcements. One of the starting ones was my beloved The Rock. I do have a lot of beloved people in their franchises, I gotta say. What did you two think of the trailer or the intro or whatever one calls it? I thought the Stunned footage... into silence. That's how... Yeah, it just... <laughs> It, the thing that's hard is I just, I really don't care about Black Adam as a character. I don't know him very well, so I'm not, it's not to say that I think he's lame or anything. I just, the Shazam part of the universe is never something I've cared about. And I know he kind of helms from that similar yeah. type of vibe. And I, I just don't care. But I thought the footage looked totally fine. I actually do quite like Hawkman. I had no idea he was going to be in it. I did see that actor. I saw the news that the actor had been casted, but I mm-hmm. didn't know what it was for TV or why I just didn't get much attention. I do like that character. I was surprisingly underwhelmed by it. Oh. I felt like it looked very cheap is not the right word, but it just, I, I think it goes back to the discussion we've been having for the past however long we've been doing this podcast, right? Where it just, nothing felt practical. It just felt like it was yeah. a huge floaty CG set in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It didn't look in- particularly intriguing to me, but I haven't really found a DC movies very good. So. Yeah, the presentation of the, of that whole part, I, I should preface by saying I think, and this is going to be very shady, but I think that DC fandom as a whole mm-hmm. is more successful, ex- successfully executed as 90% of their films. But <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I just, just do, I'm sorry. Like, I think it's cool they do that. You know, like, I think it's a cool thing and you can just yeah. go watch it and if you, if you care and that's interesting but the presentation of it i thought the little video leading up with the different actors kind of talking was neat but then is dwayne johnson a producer on this do you know oh or is yeah he, okay, oh he, is, okay. he has been figured, he has wanted this to be oh yeah no i know he be, has. yeah yeah i know he's been like championing it and things but you know i i have my my opinions i think as a person he's totally fine and i know i'm i'm on Treading, treading water here. You, you with, watch uh, your mouth. <laughs> in I, I think he's a bit of an egomaniac, or it comes across that way. I, I shouldn't say egomaniac, but he just seems very kind of, I am aware that I'm the greatest thing of all time when I mm-hmm. would disagree with that, but whatever. But it, the presentation felt very like, hey, there's this movie and it's going to be massive, but what you really need to know is that I'm the rock and I'm in it and I'm very involved and that's all you need to know. It felt very like that to me. It felt very egocentric, but... You know, he does have a pull and present company not excluded. I mean, the people go things, two things 
that he's a draw. So I, right. I respect that. And it's just not a, necessarily a draw for me, but that doesn't mean it's not valid. It's just, it's a draw. And so I get it, but the presentation felt a little like that to me. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It's, that's a very interesting observation. I actually won't disagree with you in that. I feel like he presents multiple personas when it comes to his interview performances, right? And his, because if you look at the press he does for something like Moana, it's so different than doing, promoting something like a Fast and the Furious or something like Black Adam, right? There's sort of hardcore rock. And then there's the whole, again, because I know so much, you know, he has his old tequila brand. And then there's the entire being a, a girl dad is a huge aspect, I think, of what he, what he, and I do think that is actually a genuine thing that he cares about. I think he cares about all these things, but he does sort of segment it. And I think when it comes to the DC super action-y stuff, he puts on the hardcore, you know, I am the raw, you know, this is what I, so I, I agree with you. That is the the facet of the, him that we got for this Black Adam performance, which is funny because going back to Shazam, I was trying to think, I was like, how does this fit with the version of Shazam that we were given recently in the DC, you know, movie universe where it's very wholesome family type stuff. And then you've got, you know, rah, rah, I'm the rock Black Adam. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I assume they won't actually interact at that point because it just totally feels so different from each other. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. And I agree with that. I, I, I'm not as much of a follower of The Rock in the way where I, I've noticed the Persona thing as much, but this did give me the Fast and Furious vibe you're talking about. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. Like where, and I think that's partly why I was getting a bit of an eye roll because of the things that he does, Fast and Furious vibe is my least yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's, <laughs> so, I think it's the old yeah. school sort of like yeah. wrestler, the rock, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. But it's, yeah, yeah w- if you w- want w- to promote any of the, the family friendly stuff, it's cuddly, like really nice guy. And I do think he's probably a very nice person at the end. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I well, agree with that. I totally I not, think he's probably really It nice. is smart to have different personas for different characters. I don't think that's right. a bad thing. Yeah, it is. I guess I just also was looking at it as I, I know he's a mega, a mega star, but I look at it kind of not to say, we should be comparing DC to Marvel in any ways for better or for worse, but because they're just approaching things differently. But I look at a, a, a situation where they did something like this, where you have the star of the upcoming film. And I know he's producing, so he's majorly involved, but kind of presenting it in this way and being very, and the draw is it's me. It felt like stroking one's ego. Once someone's stroking their own ego a little bit for me. And it just kind of was like a weird vibe, but whatever, it was fine. But the footage was fine. It was just like, okay, well, whatever. I was, like I said, my takeaway was that Hawkman was in it. I said, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Not Fair. obsessed with them or anything, but I like them. And I was like, oh, cool. I mean, ironically, my takeaway, I was like, oh, Pierce Brosnan's in this. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's you. <laughs> but maybe just because we came off of our James Bond-a-thon, you know, I'm not like super excited about it. I was like, oh, I didn't know Pierce Brosnan was in this. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. that and we're coming off of, you know, Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a big oh, Pierce Brosnan God. time. It's a Brosnan year. Yeah, it's a big time for him. Oh, God, Cinderella. All right. And then the Flash trailer. Yay, nay. You know. I hate, I just don't want to sound like the shadiest person ever, but I just don't care about any of it. There was nothing. I mean, I don't know if you can outshade you know, what I said earlier. So. Yeah. I mean. Keaton I Batman is back. Uh, yeah. I, but I'm, yeah, I'm, in the same I'm not that like, I don't know. I'm just meh, you know. It's again, it's it, what it just feels like, of course, Flashpoint, if that's what we're going for here is a very popular line. Like I get that. Yeah. But it just feels like with what they did with Justice League that. They are just jumping into things that they're not earning, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, oh, well, we know Marvel's doing the multiverse. Obviously, this was planned before 
it's not to say that, oh, we're just copying everything. It's not like that. I'm not saying that. But it just feels like a constant game of catch up to me. And they just don't ever take the time uh, without exceptions with like the, the first Wonder Woman and certain films that have been great. I think it's they're not really just investing the time in this world building that they really need to do if they want to have the same level of actual cohesion that Marvel has accomplished. And I'm not sure that they really want to, but they seem to do these things like they want to. And it's it's confusing because Snyderverse felt or the Snyder cut with the whole Snyderverse talk and how Dark Side and the new, you know New Gods got scrapped, all that stuff. It felt very as if okay, that was before. Now we're moving in a totally different direction and just doing something else. And then mm-hmm. this footage was very okay. Here we are with Ezra as the Flash again, which I like him as Barry Allen. I do, but it's like well, but but then wait, why? <laughs> but then it's like okay, he's gonna be bringing in the new universe with these other things, I guess. But then we still are getting Jason Momoa Aquaman. We're getting this. Gal will continue to be Wonder Woman. And I just get really confused about the whole thing. I think the biggest thing for me is I, you know, I, I don't know if y'all remember, but there was the an incident with him and a fan. And I, I think I, I want to say he like choked her or pushed her or something like that. It was just, it was not good. It was not a good. Ezra? Yeah. Okay. I, I can't yeah. remember this. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it, it was not good and it just left a bad taste and nothing had been decided. You know, there was no counterpoint to it. There wasn't like a, a no, I really, I, you know, here's the footage of me like that shows the context of why this happened and stuff like that. I'm like, oh no, he's bad. I don't think I could support him. And and then yeah. this movie is all about him. Because before I, I was actually a big fan, I was like, not a big fan, but I was like, oh, he's doing interesting things. I think he's he brings a, a sort of buoyancy yeah. to a lot of the project because I, you know, I don't like Justice League, but I did like his flash in it. I thought it would, you know, because I'm the person who gravitates towards comedy the most out of all of us. I was like, yeah, he's the funny one. But yeah, I liked him. I liked him in the film. I don't like the film, but I liked him. And I yeah, but I, I just I, don't, I I don't was... think I can support it. It's no, it's a good point. I kind of forgot about that. But uh, conveniently, but I, I was kind of looking up because I was trying yeah. to figure out like I love him in We Need to Talk About Kevin, which was yep, a while yep. back. And then I I really did enjoy him in Perks of Being a Wallflower. And and I, like I said, I thought he was great as Barry. I think he's a really good actor. And so that's really I mean, it's sad no matter what, but selfishly right. sad to have to lose that respect for someone who's who you like. Right. <laughs> and, and apparently he chokes someone in a video when he was in Reykjavik. <sighs> yeah, um, it's it's a. Not great. It's not great. And and I, I suppose we should say he allegedly chokes her. It's well, a blurry yeah. video. It is pretty blurry. But and, but I guess Variety asked for comment and he didn't give one. Which, you know, it's like you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you yeah. don't. But also if you don't, then it's pretty it's, it seems pretty bad. Sometimes when you get accused of something, when you go over time denying it, it's kind of like, oh, you did it. But then sometimes I think, you know, some publicists might go the route of saying, just don't don't give it any like, don't give it any right credence and like, but and it'll just go away. And then it does. I mean, I already forgot about it. And I'm sure a lot of people did. But it yeah, it's troubling to kind of, you know, I have to think I don't have a publicist and no one cares about me. But I have to say I have to think that if I got accused of something like that, that was if it was totally false, that. I would put together a really well-written statement. I would address it one time, mm-hmm. and I would say, yeah. "This is absolutely blah blah blah." And then you, and then you put it to bed. It's just this like unresolved asterisk that like hangs over him yeah. for me, and it makes it challenging to want to like something like that. And also, it just feels gimmicky in terms of like we're bringing in Michael Keaton. <laughs> okay, yeah, that part really concerns me because I mean, I know we'll talk about the Batman in a second, but I mean, it, I don't think it's any secret in this group. I'm a massive Batman Returns fan, but. Michael Keaton's Batman continues to be my favorite Bruce Wayne and those films I think nailed Batman. I think that there's a room for 
new versions of Batman that are also great, but I haven't liked anything more than those. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of revisit and bring it, and if they have the audacity to get, because I know Michelle would do Catwoman in a second if they asked her, because she, she talks about it all the time. So if they have the audacity to put her in some crappy movie, and that's Catwoman again, like, I'm going to really have a hard time. <laughs> we, could, we could always get Halle Berry back as Catwoman. <laughs> I mean, ideal. I would be down for one of those, actually. I, ideal. I want to be but, you know. No, and I just think, I mean, the Michael Keaton thing is just, like, annoying because it's just, it just feels like the multiverse thing that Marvel's building and it feels, but, you know, way less earned. And even, you know, that I'm worried about feeling ridiculous when we watch Spider-Man. So, right. yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, not it's already nerve. I'm already nervous about Marvel's ability to pull it off. And they've only exhibited that they are pretty capable of pulling off most of what most things do, yeah. yeah and so i'm already worried about that and now this studio that i don't feel has been able to pull off anything in films 90 percent <laughs> of the time wants to go there it just feels like oh god so maybe it'll go to a place where it's like okay now this is just i watch these for for the laps i don't know and i, I feel sad i don't want to i'm not going to disparage filmmakers and stuff but it's just i just don't understand the thought process behind what they are building and if in fact, we want to say they're building any beyond just which, random standalone films. Not be fine. Be which is you know it could be a good thing, right? And not well, not a good thing, but it's it's different because I don't think they're gonna, you know, putting themselves in the exact same boat as Marvel is not the most logical path to success to me, right? Because it's just like, well, you're already you we already inherently compare the two, so why give us further? I don't know. I, well, then do something to do be different. Like, right, I don't right. know. Like, well, that's what I think is, I think Justice League was a big misstep then. I mean, I think in general it was because it was a bad film, but yes. Uh, but don't do the team up. You could easily, you know, we, we know the nature of comic books. It's, it's, you could have, you know, Superman, Richard, what was it? Superman, The Man of Steel, which I didn't mm-hmm. like, but you could have that. And then you could have had Batman versus Superman, and that could have been Ben Affleck Batman. You could have a Batman film on its own that's not Ben Affleck, but it's like these are not the same. It's just these are comic book movies, and they're just all standalone and have their own yeah. little franchises. But when you get into the crossover, suddenly I'm looking for the threat. I'm like, okay, well, then this has to be from this. This has to be from that. And then I'm like, when it, when suddenly you don't do it, it's what the X-Men suffered from, that whole franchise and how they would go. And it's like, wait, what is supposed to be real and what's not? And it just yeah. is like you're making me think. Because it's a different medium. We're going to think about it differently. It's not just well, you get a different artist drawing them differently. You know? And especially with Marvel movies existing, you have to then consider the universe you're building, which they never do. So right. it's just very frustrating to be a fan of any of them because, you know, you know they're not going to follow the rules of any of the other movies and then pretend like they're the same universe somehow. Yeah, I do think if you want to do a multiverse or something along those lines or have converging storylines, you need a Kevin Feige type character who's, you know, paying attention to all this stuff and saying like, hey, here's the larger story that's going on. You know, if you want, if we want all this to fit together and we're all on board, like this is where you got to plug in and you can be stylistically different if you want, but you have to still at the end of the day fit into this slot, which is, you know, there's pros and cons to that approach. Yeah, it's just like find the identity you want to have and stick with that, and I will respect that you at least are doing that. Yeah, but I don't. Th- I think they the the problem is they are choosing this sort of middle path, right, where they're not saying, "Hey, everything is super different," and they're not saying, "Hey, everything is connected super cohesively." <laughs> they want they want to put a label on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. are, are we seeing other people, or yeah. are we not? You know. Yeah. And so 
I don't know. It doesn't. It's not to say that mm. I'm never gonna love or like another DC film ever again. It's just I. I don't. The fuck boys of um, <laughs> of comic book movies. <laughs> Sometimes it's a great date. Sometimes it's a terrible date. Most of the time, it's a terrible date. Most of the time, it's a terrible date. And the better <laughs> dates have been when you've actually just like let the women do their thing. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. that's truly the that's that's truly I I would one of the ones I I didn't get to watch too much of the the info but I'm, I'm kind of excited about Blue Beetle I feel like there's not a lot of expectations on it yeah I'm excited to see uh Blue Beetle in this new series especially since they decided to go with a Latinx version of the character it's really nice to see some diversity on the DC end of the table I know that we made you know Black Canary Black uh which was great to see but excited to sort of uh have less white characters um, on that end yeah, well I mean we've got another major black character who has also been black before which is kind of exciting in the Batman we finally had the Batman what did you two think of the I have an already probably unpopular opinion but <laughs> you know I'm mixed because kind of similar to thoughts I've had about Spider-Man although I've enjoyed Spider-Man as a character throughout the years more than I enjoyed Batman but I just like I just I don't know that we keep needing new Batman films and mm-hmm especially rebooted films that are just another it's like oh my gosh and I'm trying to adjust expectation as much as I can in the way that of the bat I love Batman villains I, villains and I do love Gotham and I like that kind of stuff but I'm a big Riddler fan I hate 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 cannot overstate enough Jim Carrey is the Riddler I hate it and I don't understand I, this Paul Dano I really like Paul Dano as an actor and I think him cast as the Riddler is really cool but it's just so kind of dark and weird seeming in a way that is fine. But at the same time, I'm always just like, can't we, can anyone just do Edward Nygma and just do him correctly? Like I, he's a really cool character. So if we want to keep using him, can we just do him right for once? And maybe it'll surprise me in that way, but I'm trying to adjust because being that he arguably is my favorite Batman villain, it's just kind of hard. But I thought well, Zoe looked great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it looks fine. I guess I'm just, like, I get that I like the Riddler, obviously, and I like Penguin. I just, you're just not going to do better than Batman Returns for that. So it just feels like, and we've already done the Joker really well. I just want us to do, like, Court of Owls or, like, something interesting that we haven't seen before. I just mm-hmm. It's just kind of annoying to rehash the same story over and over again. So I, first of all, I did not realize that that was Paul Dano. Um, oh, and now yeah. looking it up, I'm like, oh my God, it's Colin Farrell as the penguin. Like, I yeah. don't remember any of this. Okay. My, my, it's not fair to prejudge it based on the trailer, but I already hate Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but that hair. It, that hair, that hair. just the emo looking, it's, it's so Spider Man 3. 3. Yes. Uh, yes. It's, it's so Spider Man 3. It just, I just could not handle it but i'm trying to withhold judgment on whether or not i hate him as batman because they are they're two different aspects to the character i don't get the sense i'm gonna like him as batman but and then and then to your point about the darkness and the grittiness i was like this feels very nolan-esque which is not not a bad thing i I like the nolan batman films but it's just so distinct already that it's like did we not want to try something different with this or are we really just getting the same movies over and over and over again but yeah. Catwoman Catwoman was the one highlight for me I was like <laughs> for Catwoman I'll say real quick I, I I like Zoe I don't know that I think she's the most spectacular actress we've ever had but I do like her and I think I, I have hopes that she'll do really well I think she looks great I think it was exciting to get little snippets of looks like she is kind of kind of 
don like a leatherish leatherish-esque suit also mm-hmm. and she's she's got the hair <laughs> when you see her with her with her ears off and everything it's like she's got selena's hair in those comics the, the modern comics and i was like this is pretty cool like they're making her look like selena in a way and i thought yeah. that was neat but when it comes to batman i think the major major issue here too is he's so i'm gonna get castrated for this by so many people i always do every time i say it but to me he's such a one-dimensional character and the comics of course he's very popular but i think it's just it's the imagery's cool. The idea's cool. Gotham is amazing. He has the best villains. It's like best sidekicks. Like it's a cool world they've built with him. Mm-hmm. But this character is not that interesting, if you ask me. And he's whining about the same thing over and over and over with a very privileged life. And I'm not saying that losing your parents is not something to whine about, but it's just something where it's like it's all the time. It's well, the only struggle we get. And it's what just I over don't and understand over. is there is some amazing Robins from the comics if you did it correctly, right? Dick Grayson's really interesting. Jason Todd's really interesting. There's an incredible cast of Batgirls, you know, from Stephanie Brown, which is hilarious, to, you know, Barbara Gordon, which I, you know, kind of wish we wouldn't do just so we could, or if we're going to, at least we could have Oracle at some point. But, well, she, but um, you know, you know, Barbara Gordon is getting an HBO Max movie, yeah, but not a, not a theatrical movie, which I feel like is a kind of a dick move <laughs> yeah i mean like whatever yeah. I, i've stopped caring about their whenever they do characters i like because it doesn't match up in any way shape or form but it would just be so much more interesting you know if you went for one of any of his you know batman family characters are so much more interesting than him i agree i mean i'm not again i'm not as well versed in the bad verse at all but but i think the problem with continuously rebooting this character is that we never get to progress to the point where you can introduce these other characters and then, you know, hand off the franchise to them. Make well, that's sense. why you don't have to, but you don't have to reboot it. Just recast. No, that's what I'm saying. You cares, know, there's, you I don't know? understand like, why, but they continuously are like, nope, it's a new, I, uh, And it's I just like, like, we all know the pearls. We've all seen yeah. the pearls in the gutter falling with the gunshot noise with the bats flying by in a lot of different films you know yeah, we all so. know but i think like with when it comes to the tone when you're touching on the nolan thing like it goes back to what i was like the problem with the character too is that he's been dark but not like this and comics even with writers that more recently have shifted into this like oh he's this dark gritty this and that because it's like that's the choice that people have made to try to make him more interesting it's like superman got kryptonite and batman got emo and it's like (laughs) batman he also like superman had a code with never killing and this and that and then in the comics he'll kill and he'll do this and that and it's like and not always but it's it's kind of it's evolved into something that it wasn't before which you know of course things are going to change and grow but the character has just grown into this dark thing so now the Tim Burton movie couldn't exist now, I don't think. It could, but I don't think anyone's willing to do it because, and I'm not saying it should be the exact same thing, and that's a product of its time as well, but I just mean that kind of tone and the vibe and the this very fictional city and it, it, the, the, the lighthearted fun that comes with the I'm only fighting crime at night thing. They won't do it because it's yeah. just moved so far beyond that, but it still has stayed so one-dimensional to me. I do wonder, I'm like, is this just reflective of the, the society we live in right now? Where have we reached the darkest dark night timeline? You know, are we, are we, you know, I mean, the inmates I can, running the I asylum? Would, like, are we in the Arkham? Yeah, I mean, I don't, 
I don't mind the dark version of it. I don't understand. You can make it darker and still introduce new interesting characters. Like, I don't. It's just such an interesting decision to just remake the same friggin' movie a hundred times. I think it's a cowardly decision. I don't think it's interesting at all. I think it's just them going, okay, this has worked. Great. Let's do it again. The interesting was sarcastic, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, as someone who likes a lot of the Bat Family characters, it's just disappointing and hard to get excited about. All right. So fandom, not our, uh, not the highlight of our. (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just what it is. It's. Just presentation-wise, it is so funny because, you know, we watch something like Disney Investor Day, which is this super clinical sort of surgical, here is this thing. It will premiere this day. Like, here is a maybe a package from some of the stars or whatever it is, but fandom is very much oriented towards the fans, and it's very sort of rah-rah, and then you look at the content out of it. I feel like we're a million times more excited for, and, and also they gave us a lot more at Investor Day because they have so many more franchises to deal with, but... I was just like, oh, I don't. I'm- but they made us sit through all the nitty gritty about the finances, this and that, whatever, just to get to the, the announcements we wanted to hear. And we were still more into it because we have faith in the content. And that's that's what I was meaning about fandom. It's like it's neat. I think it's a neatly produced event. I think it's cool. They do it. I just wish I cared about even 20 percent of what they were showing. Yeah. 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 But I'll leave it with um, the Batman. note. you know, I'm a big Robert Pattinson. I love him. I don't think he necessarily is. Bruce Wayne, but I do not like the hair as Bruce Wayne either. I will tell you that. But uh, I did like his Batman voice from what we heard. I thought that was. I'm I'm so happy to get away from the I'm further away from the Christian Bale than we were at because my least favorite Batman. I liked him as Bruce Wayne, fine, but Batman. It was like Reagan being exercised, and I hated every second of it. I think Ben Affleck's voice is okay, and I think that Michael Keaton's for me is my favorite. It's like a deep whisper, and I think Robert Pattinson in this, the few times he said something, kind of sounded more in that vein. And I was very—I have a very unpopular opinion about this. Are you gonna say George Clooney's your favorite? No. Oh, voice, not necessarily Batman. Oh no, I I think Val Kilmer was a great Batman. I I will say it. I don't think the movie was any good. I'm not trying to prone that in any way, shape, or form. But I think he had the look down. I think he did the thing well. Or what it was. I just, I always think of him turning and just not being able to turn. You know, it's just the whole body turn. It's so robotic. <laughs> yeah, it is so, so robotic. I can agree with that. I mean, but I'm the, you know, yeah, the Mike and Keaton, uh, Michael Keaton ones are my favorites if like I have to pick. I will give a super, super unpopular opinion. I actually don't dislike the Clooney ones because they bring in the Bat family. Yeah, so badly. Yeah, but it was still, it was nice to have like a dynamic for him to play off of instead of it's always just him versus villain, you know? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I can they, understand Because that. I think also uh, the Alicia Silverstone on the Batgirl stuff was like, oh, give me a break. I love Alicia, but it was like, give me a break. But I think that Dick Grayson's story was done decently. I mean, it was, he's still hokey and whatever, and he's obviously like a, a gave away a wet dream, but you know, they did they did his backstory in the film and his, the circus and his parents and all this. And I thought that he was handled decently. And I was like, OK, that's kind of fun. So I I do like that, that it was kind of expanded, like you're saying. But yeah, they're just the films themselves are just so rough. I literally <laughs> was just like, I was like, what happened to Chris O'Donnell? <laughs> I mean, I forgot that he has been on NCIS LA for <laughs> 10 million years. Yeah, there are looks- almost 300 episodes of NCIS LA. <laughs> wow, but, that is. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about him. All right. Well, moving on to what happened, Brittany Murphy. 
just to switch gears, you know. Nothing. Just, just, just to completely switch. Gears. Speaking of dark and gritty. Speaking yeah, of yeah. dark, speaking like of real dark stories, <laughs> overproduced and nothing, not a lot to show for it. <laughs> what happened, Brittany Murphy? Uh, how, how did you two feel coming off of this? Because I felt icky. <laughs> yeah, it was just gross. Because I mean, the conclusions just she got taken advantage of, and then you know, basically killed for it. I mean, it was very sad. It was just a sad story about a girl who wanted to be loved and, you know, found this terrible human who took advantage and controlled her to the point where she died. I don't know if it's his fault. Like, I, I, I truly, I, that's not necessarily where I got it. I mean, okay, I'm not saying he's a good person. I'm not saying any of those things, but I'm just like, was it really, and part of it is I don't feel like we got enough info about, we got a very a subjective point of view on it. I was like, could she not have just gone to a hospital? Well, was he re- like I, I think the connotation was is that he controlled her life to the point where she didn't feel comfortable doing anything on her own, right? She didn't even have a phone anyone could reach her at. So if he told her she was fine and she could stay home, then she yeah. followed his direction. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think even if it's, whether it stemmed from him or not, it sounds like it probably did. She also was not in a healthy headspace anymore either. I'm not sure she would have gone to the hospital. That's but fine. I think for me, you know, I found it entertaining enough, but it should have been one hour and a half of film if they were going to do it. I don't know mm-hmm. why we had to have two different, very repetitive It's so they could episodes. have that stupid cliffhanger in the middle. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But two different, like, repetitive episodes. And then I think for me, again, I thought it was entertaining enough, but I, it didn't really tell me, I don't think anything that I didn't already know. Maybe a little. I guess I didn't yeah. know he had the other kid in France, but I didn't really care. That I thought much about that, that story was the most interesting. Was learning what he had done to that other woman. Mm-hmm. So that to me was like, oh, that's really damning. Because everything else yeah. was pretty circumstantial. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, oh yeah, we didn't hear from her much. And then so the second episode was the more interesting one to me because you got the director's point of view from that one movie where he was like, yeah. You know, she would be upset when she came back from hanging out with him. She wouldn't yeah. do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we couldn't even get a hold of her. There was no way to reach her except for through him. You know, it was a lot more, I guess, damning. And then mm-hmm. when you had the interview with the first wife and how she felt like she almost died if her friend hadn't kind of came and rescued her and what that would have looked like, I thought that was that was all stuff I didn't know. I would say the first episode could have been, you know, 20 minutes and then you could have gotten into this other stuff and a little more interesting. Yeah, I, I knew some of that stuff. And then I, I, I guess for me, it was more what was, I guess it's informative, sure. And if you, and I could, there are people I know who probably don't know most of the stuff and would have found it interesting. But, but I guess since there's no actual conclusion and there, I, I was hoping there was some new information, something that, because otherwise, my question at the end of it was just kind of like, but what was the point of this? Like it was to in like right. paint a picture of like, oh, look how weird this situation is. But since I knew about it, I'm biased, obviously, right? But it's but I look at it and I'm like, okay, but there's no definitive anything here beyond I'm gonna assume I assumed the same thing I assumed after it. I assumed from what I knew before that I I, I go dark and I, I think it's possible he he did poison her or he did or he was, you know, not poison, Doing but some- I think but I think whatever he did, I think that he and the mom entered into a relationship. And then I think it's quite possible that she then did the same thing to him. And she's a recluse now. And But it's this thing where 
it's obviously some weird jumbled whatever and whatever the truth is since we're not going to know what it is unless there's some new information we're just talking about what a dead guy possibly did to a dead girl at this point and it's like okay but there's no yeah, call to action because i it's that's why the second episode was so interesting to me because apparently i didn't follow this story uh at, you know because i didn't even realize he had died so mm. i was like oh okay and then once i figured out he died i was like oh that's less interesting you can't be arrested for it now you know if it's and now it's like we'll never get to the bottom and then of it unless that maybe the because they sort of died of the same thing. I was like, oh, cool. Well, maybe, maybe in his body they found, you know, whatever it is that right. happened, the mold theory or whatever yeah. it was. Or and then it's like, so that would have been cool. Yeah, it's kind of like, did you ever try to watch Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix? Oh, I've watched all those. Yeah. So I thought that I would love them because you know I like this kind of stuff. But I didn't end up liking it because I didn't like that they were all just mysteries at the end. And that's totally right. in the title. I understand. But like emotionally, <laughs> I was like, oh, every time. Because <laughs> it was just these wild stories that no one had answers to. Yeah, see, I liked those because I didn't know about 90% of them. And then by the end of it, I felt it's like The Keepers, the documentary I was talking, docuseries I was talking about where we don't get an answer about that either. But I felt like this was all new information to me. And I, that was when I created my theory. Mm -hmm. Right. About, oh, and so at each of those episodes in Unsolved Mysteries, I left it very, oh, okay, like this is what I think happened. And then we can yeah, talk and about I think it. If I, time, but. I feel like if I rewatched them or at least started again, maybe I'd do that. But I only watched the first two and I was kind of like at the end of each one and kind of like waiting for the like conclusion. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you're right. There's not going to be a conclusion. It's fucking called yeah. Unsolved you, you, Mysteries. You warned me at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see the perspective for, totally. But I think, yeah. I think that goes to say that. Had I known nothing about this, maybe I would have been like, oh, that was really interesting. But I well, already had my theories. So I followed it vaguely at the time, maybe. Like, I knew she'd pass. And I, as the as the docu, whatever we want to call it, I started to progress. I was like, oh, yeah, didn't he die too? But I didn't know a lot of those details because I didn't, I, I don't know. I knew she was in Clueless. And that was kind of the extent of my knowledge of her. And I then thought I, she would been, see, like, I don't know why this is so vivid, but I remember... Because I was sad when she died because I really liked a couple of her movies, like Just Married and stuff, and Clueless, clearly. God, but anyway. I Just Married. I, I thought you were going to say I hated Clueless. I was be like, get out. I watch it all the time, no. actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hated Just Married. Um, I liked Uptown Girls, though, and Little Black Book. Yeah, I liked those, too. Anyway, so I remember being really sad, but I thought that she had died of sleep. I, I read diet pills and a heart condition. <laughs> And that's what I had always thought it was until we were watching. And then I remember some shadiness about her husband stealing her money or something. But See, so, I, so a lot I of this was pretty was new married. to me. I forgot all of that. So the, the, the mom-husband thing was gross and weird. Yeah, it was, it was and awkward. He called, and he called her a baby in that interview. Oh, yeah, yes. that was like, really awkward. I was like, like hello. Oh, I can't. I don't know. Yeah. It's bizarre. But then my favorite theory, though, in my head is actually that the mom's a psycho and she's the one who did it to both of them. Yeah. I mean, but but the problem is the movie that I guess it feels more fictional to me, but it just didn't it didn't have an opinion, I feel like. And it didn't. I, I think what happened, Brittany Murphy, is a great title in, in some sense. It's, it's like Unsolved Mysteries where it's just like, what happened? We're not going to try and tell you. We're going to give you these weird bits and pieces. But we're not going to help. We're not going to have a perspective on it. And I, this, the way it is framed, I almost feel like it needs a perspective, right? Because they are allowing so many other people to give their perspectives. Like the fact that they gave Perez Hilton an opportunity to be one of the talking heads. I was like, no, 
no. I mean, even when they started out with that radar online woman, I was like, I don't know anything about you, so I don't you know, have a preconceived notion about your journalistic integrity or any of this stuff. Hilton definitely doesn't get to say his goddamn opinion. Yeah. And then say he's sorry to way too late to nobody. I I was just like, this is, I I don't, I don't know what the point of this is anymore and who you're trying to give a voice to, but it doesn't feel like it's anything to do with actual Brittany Murphy at this point. You're trying to like let everyone around her um, have a moment, but then you're also not because- you know, you don't have the mom involved. And obviously I doubt she'd like offer to give an interview, but you know, having the, the husband's uh, brother and w- mom there, it was just, it just was, it was a mess. And it left me feeling again, very icky and like it was exploitative. And maybe it's just because everyone's passed, but not that long ago. I was like, who does this, who is this trying to benefit? Like, what are we trying to do here? Just, it feels like we're trying to cash in on the the sort of starlets who have had a rough go and there's right. no living victim right now who can get upset about it because well, they yeah, should like, die, you know? Yeah, I guess in the vein of like with everything going on with the Britney stuff right now and documentaries and stuff and we were talking about just different stars of that kind of era and, and child stars and, and the effects and things. Wow. And yeah. Had this been this exact story about some star in the 50s or something that we didn't know about, it might have been really interesting. Yeah. Well, because that's the it's thing. Like, oh, it's wow. like the '90s are having kind of a revival, right? So, I mean, I think, I think more people are curious about her. Maybe are they though? Clueless you know, had I, a big revival. Apparently, I've been reading. So, I mean, it wouldn't be shocking to me. Yeah, it just. I, yeah. No, I think because it's it's it feels so recent, even though it, you know it was over ten years ago. But it feels so recent, and it feels again like there were no. It didn't really feel like a again a bunch of information that I felt like you can't just get by looking something up. There was nothing proprietary about it that it felt. I could see the exploitative thing in that way where it kind of reduced her career because the mm-hmm. description of it says about the career of Brittany Murphy and yeah they showed some clips of movies and they showed the different posters of films she's in but it was not about Brittany as a human as much as it was about what happened to her though I know that's the title but. It was just kind of presented in such a get your popcorn and watch this like, ooh, intrigue, like what happened to this girl? And it kind of reduced it to something that it was lacking some heart, even though some of the people talking had heart. And I I liked that, but it felt kind of cheap in that way where I would have preferred it to. I wanted to be more removed from it. Like I said, if it was in the 50s, it's like, oh, interesting, because we're not emotionally attached. But this felt a little kind of gross. I don't know. It just didn't didn't offer anything i don't know if they made the same film the same way about somebody in the 50s i think i still would have felt icky about it yeah i could see that just yeah, because I of the structure see. of it and yeah i mean yeah, I no i could I, I respect I don't that know. for sure i don't think i would have loved it but i think i would have felt less because again this is like it feels recent enough to where you want to solve it but it's there's no call to action here there's nothing to kind of say hey here's a here's how we can try to get to the bottom of this it's just basically like yeah We'll never know. Uh, right. But here's the information. You can decide for yourself. But it doesn't, you can decide what you want. It doesn't matter. Because there's no one, unless the mom is actually responsible for everything, there's nobody to yell at for it. So it, it's a thing where, since it's just strictly informative, that's where I wish it was something so far removed that it was just kind of like, I well, didn't feel hopeless. It's, it's also like, let's let's say the mom is completely innocent and she's just, you know, it, then you're just stirring up shit and yeah, being a terrible person. You know, you're just floating these theories and hurting this person who has clearly experienced a great deal of hurt already. Like, who does? What are you trying to do here? Yeah, uh, I just, I, I, I got really upset watching it. Yeah, yeah. 
it's it was yeah it was sad and just yeah it felt kind of pointless it just was like okay and yeah and then I felt I you know just thinking about when we were talking about Britney Spears ones and feeling kind of complicit in some of the damage that gets done to, and obviously again Britney has passed and so she we cannot damage you know I mean maybe we can but you know I feel like by in talking about the documentary we are playing into that I feel you know there's a level of removal because it's like oh well with Britney Spears like she can still hear and see these things she's still like actively doing this stuff but I was thinking about it. I was like I almost wish I hadn't seen it because that way you know I don't have to feel like I've contributed to it even if it's to, to talk about it not in a positive way it's like well all all press is still like you know it's not actually good press but you uh, yeah. yeah yeah well because at the end of the day People, people often, I think, especially when you're more further removed from the industry than than any of us are in our interests, anyway. I think people also forget that when documentaries or any film or anything that comes out, it's coming out to sometimes it's it's, it's staged as a oh this is to help a situation, but really it's it's happening because a company wants to make money. So right. it's like at the end of the day, Warner Media is capitalizing off of this recycled information mm-hmm. about this poor girl to make money and made it two parts to get, like you said, the cliffhanger or whatever, and to have two different episodes that got really good views instead of one film. Right. And when it, so it's like, it, it just comes down to where you're like, this is so business transactional and just doesn't feel like it has any heart or purpose behind it other than exploiting this girl's story. Did y'all see who one of the executive producers was? I know it was a Blumhouse thing. It's yeah. Blum, Bloom or, but... Which to me was speaking of sort of just a, a money grab. I mean, he has talked extensively. I don't, I don't, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with this, but he has talked about his sort of uh, make a bunch of things for cheap instead of making one big thing for you know a lot of money and and, and just sort of diversifying your odds of stuff. I was like, this this is one of the things you put money behind. Like, I was like ew, the girl, the girl, does it show? Because yeah, I, I gotta say, I mean, I. I Obviously, he's a big player in the current horror genre, or a decent-sized player, because he does a lot of different horror things. I think it's a pretty big, yeah. yeah. And and 90% of what I see that that is being done is just not my horror, <laughs> which yeah. is not to say that my horror is the best horror, but it's not what I would call what I think should be happening. And so I, the whole theory, the whole ideology behind that is just, to me, it shows. It's cheap. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It was from them. Would you recommend this to anyone? Yeah, if you're interested in true crime and you don't know much about it, I say watch it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I kept trying to give anyone that I'd be like, oh, you'd really like to watch this. My sister likes true crime, and I doubt she knows all these details. But again, it it feels it it it, it kind of feels like something where I'm more kind of oh, I don't know, maybe don't support it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's hard. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, obviously I'm guilty of having watched it, but I was like, well, Same. I'm reviewing it, but uh, it's I. You know, I'm not going to judge you if you watch it, but I wouldn't go. I, I, I'm actively saying don't support this type of shoddy filmmaking. That's I think that's where I, yeah, where I land where I'm like, I wouldn't tell you not to if you are interested, but I'm certainly not going to suggest that you do. And, I'm, and I would. Yeah. And I would tell anyone like I have a friend who's really into she reads a lot into the different kinds of conspiracy theories, but things when it comes to these and she, Chester Bennington with his death and, and the Brittany Murphy thing is a hot ticket item for her about like, yeah, oh, she was murdered. It's wrong. Like, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would, if she, I'm sure she'll watch it, but I, if she asked me, I would tell her, like, girl, there's nothing in there you don't have to know. Trust me. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. 
I, that would be my response to anyone who already knows anything about it. But then if you don't know anything, I'd be like, well, maybe just read an article. Right. I think it also, I mean, this is a larger conversation. I think it exacerbates the issue of like when young white women die or get murdered or whatever it is, you know, there's just so much focus on it. But if, it, you know, there's the, just the metrics on people of color versus the, yeah. And I was just like, this is, this is a story. And I'll think about the amount of money and focus and attention that went into this for somebody who doesn't need any information about them circulated anymore right like they there's plenty of this info out there like could we have done something good with our storytelling both from a a, a be a better storyteller perspective and can we do good in the world and you know highlight some of the injustices or something like anyway oh 100 and yeah i mean i can't i can't i got it (laughs) I, i agree with that sentiment and that 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 goes back to i think what we're all kind of saying but what i was saying about there's no call to action. There's no purpose here behind this besides just like, oh, this is somewhat interesting. You should hear the story. But there's no, you know, you watch the Lula Rich and you can come to your own conclusion from there and, and your conclusion might be, oh, I'm definitely not supporting that company. Or right, like you watch a documentary and it changes your perspective on something and it might affect how you proceed in right. things you do or don't do. This doesn't have anything to take away from it beyond the fact that, oh, wow, yeah, there's some shady stuff. So it's like, yeah, there's no purpose behind it. And, and yeah, you want to see docu-film, documentaries uh, with more purpose. And so we yeah. should yeah, put our money towards something. And the point about, oh, you know, white women, very, very accurate. It's, you know, we, we, we really care a lot. And, and it's not to say we shouldn't care, but we should be caring this much about a lot of other things as well. We can right. care about it all, you know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I agree with that. Yeah. All right, well, uh, a lull of a week for us, but oh, oh boy, next week, do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. A, a dune-tastic outing. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Jackie to actually <laughs> see Dune. <laughs> you're excited right, for, well, for Jackie to see it, you're saying, or her, her theories? Yes, her theories. <laughs> All right, well, thank you both. Yes, thank you. Oh. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. That has actually been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.